Section 11 of The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume 1A. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government by Jefferson Davis, Volume 1A, Part Two, The Constitution, Chapter One, Contents, The Original Confederation, Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union, Their Inadequacy Ascertained, Commercial Difficulties, the Conference at Annapolis Recommendation of a General Convention Resolution of Congress Action of the Several States Conclusions Drawn Therefrom When certain American colonies of Great Britain, each acting for itself, although in concert with the others, determined to dissolve their political connection with the mother country, they sent their representatives to a general congress of those colonies, and through them made a declaration that the colonies were, and of right ought to be, free and independent states. As such they contracted an alliance for their common defense, successfully resisted the effort to reduce them to submission, and secured the recognition by Great Britain of their separate independence, each state being distinctly recognized under its own name not as one of a group or nation. That this was not merely a foreign view is evident from the second of the Articles of Confederation between the States, adopted subsequently to the Declaration of Independence, which is in these words, quote, Each State retains its sovereignty, freedom, and independence, and every power, jurisdiction, and right, which is not by this confederation expressly delegated to the United States in Congress assembled. End quote. These articles of confederation and perpetual union between the states, as they were styled in their title, were adopted by eleven of the original states in 1778, and by the other two in the course of the three years next ensuing, and continued in force until 1789. During this period the central government was vested in the Congress alone, in which each state, through its representatives, had an equal vote in the determination of all questions whatever. The Congress exercised all the executive as well as legislative powers delegated by the states. When not in session, the general management of affairs was entrusted to a Committee of the States, consisting of one delegate from each state. Provision was made for the creation, by the Congress, of courts having a certain specified jurisdiction in admiralty and maritime cases, and for the settlement of controversies between two or more states in a mode specifically prescribed. The government thus constituted was found inadequate for some necessary purposes, and it became requisite to reorganize it. The first idea of such reorganization arose from the necessity of regulating the commercial intercourse of the states with one another and with foreign countries, and also of making some provision for payment of the debt contracted during the war for independence. These exigencies led to a proposition for a meeting of commissioners from the various states to consider the subject. 
Such a meeting was held at Annapolis in September 1786, but as only five states, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, were represented, the commissioners declined to take any action further than to recommend another convention, with a wider scope for consideration. As they expressed it, it was their, quote, unanimous conviction that it may essentially tend to advance the interests of the Union, if the states, by whom they have been respectively delegated, would themselves concur, and use their endeavors to procure the concurrence of the other states, in the appointment of commissioners, to meet at Philadelphia on the second Monday in May next, to take into consideration the situation of the United States, to devise such further provisions as shall appear to them necessary to render the constitution of the federal government adequate to the exigencies of the Union, and to report such an act for that purpose to the United States in Congress assembled, as, when agreed to by them, and afterward confirmed by the legislatures of every state, will effectually provide for the same. End quote. It is scarcely necessary to remind the well-informed reader that the terms Constitution of the Federal Government, employed above, and Federal Constitution, as used in other proceedings of that period, do not mean the instrument to which we now apply them, and which was not then in existence. They were applied to the system of government formulated in the Articles of Confederation. This is in strict accord with the definition of the word constitution, given by an eminent lexicographer. Footnote. Dr. Worcester. End footnote. Quote. The body of fundamental laws, as contained in written documents or prescriptive usage, which constitute the form of government for a nation, state, community, association, or society. End quote. Footnote. This definition is very good as far as it goes, but the form of government is a phrase which falls short of expressing all that should be comprehended. Perhaps it would be more accurate to say, which constitute the form, define the powers, and prescribe the functions of government, etc. The additional words would make the definition more complete. End footnote. Thus we speak of the British Constitution, which is an unwritten system of prescriptive usage, of the Constitution of Massachusetts or of Mississippi, which is the fundamental or organic law of a particular state embodied in a written instrument, and of the Federal Constitution of the United States, which is the fundamental law of an association of states, at first as embraced in the Articles of Confederation, and afterward as revised, amended, enlarged, and embodied in the instrument framed in 1787, and subsequently adopted by the various states. The manner in which this revision was effected was as follows. Acting on the suggestion of the Annapolis Convention, the Congress, on the 21st of the ensuing February, 1787, adopted the following resolution. Quote, Resolved, that in the opinion of Congress, it is expedient that, on the second Monday in May next, a convention of delegates, who shall have been appointed by the several states, be held at Philadelphia, 
for the sole and express purpose of revising the Articles of Confederation, and reporting to Congress and the several legislatures such alterations and provisions therein as shall, when agreed to in Congress and confirmed by the States, render the Federal Constitution adequate to the exigencies of government and the preservation of the Union. End quote. The language of this resolution, substantially according with that of the recommendation made by the Commissioners at Annapolis a few months before, very clearly defines the objects of the proposed Convention, and the powers which it was thought advisable that the State should confer upon their delegates. These were, solely and expressly, as follows. 1. To revise the Articles of Confederation with reference to the situation of the United States. 2. To devise such alterations and provisions therein as should seem to them requisite in order to render the Federal Constitution, or Constitution of the Federal Government, adequate to the exigencies of the Union, or the exigencies of the Government and the preservation of the Union. 3 to report the result of their deliberations, that is, the alterations and provisions which they should agree to recommend, to Congress and the legislatures of the several states. Of course, their action could only be advisory until ratified by the states. The Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union, under which the states were already united, provided that no alterations should be made in any of them, unless such alteration be agreed to in a Congress of the United States, and afterward confirmed by the legislatures of every state. The legislatures of the various states, with the exception of Rhode Island, adopted and proceeded to act upon these suggestions by the appointment of delegates, some of them immediately upon the recommendation of the Annapolis Commissioners, in advance of that of the Congress and the others in the course of a few months after the resolution adopted by Congress. The instructions given to these delegates in all cases conform to the recommendations which have been quoted, and in one case imposed an additional restriction or limitation. As this is a matter of much importance, in order to a right understanding of what follows, it may be advisable to cite in detail the action of the several states. The General Assembly of Virginia, after reciting the recommendation made at Annapolis, enacted, quote, that seven commissioners be appointed by joint ballot of both houses of assembly, who, or by any three of them, are hereby authorized, as deputies from this commonwealth, to meet such deputies as may be appointed and authorized by other states, to assemble in convention at Philadelphia, as above recommended, and to join with them in devising and discussing all such alterations and further provisions as may be necessary to render the Federal Constitution adequate to the exigencies of the Union, and in reporting such an act for that purpose to the United States in Congress, as, when agreed to by them, and duly confirmed by the several States, will effectually provide for the same. End quote. The Council and Assembly of New Jersey issued commissions to their delegates to meet such commissioners as have been, or may be, appointed by the other states of the Union, at the City of Philadelphia, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, on the second Monday in May next, quote, 
for the purpose of taking into consideration the state of the Union as to trade, and other important objects, and of devising such other provisions as shall appear to be necessary, to render the constitution of the federal government adequate to the exigencies thereof. End quote. The act of the General Assembly of Pennsylvania constituted and appointed certain deputies, designated by name, quote, with powers to meet such deputies as may be appointed and authorized by the other states, and to join with them in devising, deliberating on, and discussing all such alterations and further provisions as may be necessary to render the federal constitution fully adequate to the exigencies of the Union and in reporting such act or acts for that purpose, to the United States in Congress assembled, as, when agreed to by them and duly confirmed by the several states, will effectually provide for the same. End quote. The General Assembly of North Carolina enacted that commissioners should be appointed by joint ballot of both houses, quote, to meet and confer with such deputies as may be appointed by the other states, for similar purposes, and with them to discuss and decide upon the most effectual means to remove the defects of our Federal Union, and to procure the enlarged purposes which it was intended to effect, and that they report such an act to the General Assembly of this state, as, when agreed to by them, will effectually provide for the same. End quote. In the case of this state alone, nothing is made of a report to Congress. Neither North Carolina nor any other state, however, fails to make mention of the necessity of a submission of any action taken to the several states for ratification. The commissions issued to the representatives of South Carolina, by the Governor, refer to an act of the legislature of that state authorizing their appointment, quote, to meet such deputies or commissioners as may be appointed and authorized by other of the United States, end quote, at the time and place designated, and to join with them, quote, in devising and discussing all such alterations, clauses, articles, and provisions, as may be thought necessary to render the Federal Constitution entirely adequate to the actual situation and future good government of the Confederate States, end quote, and to, quote, join in reporting such an act to the United States in Congress assembled, as, when approved and agreed to by them, and duly ratified and confirmed by the several States, will effectually provide for the exigencies of the Union, end quote. In these commissions the expression, alterations, clauses, articles, and provisions, clearly indicates the character of the duties which the deputies were expected to discharge. The General Assembly of Georgia ordained the appointment of certain commissioners, specified by name, who were, quote, authorized as deputies from this state, to meet such deputies as may be appointed and authorized by other states, to assemble in convention at Philadelphia, and to join with them in devising and discussing all such alterations and further provisions as may be necessary to render the Federal Constitution adequate to the exigencies of the Union, and in reporting such an act for that purpose to the United States in Congress assembled, 
as, when agreed to by them, and duly confirmed by the several states, will effectually provide for the same." The authority conferred upon their delegates by the Assembly of New York and the General Court of Massachusetts was in each case expressed in the exact words of the advisory resolution of Congress. They were instructed to meet the delegates of the other states, quote, for the sole and express purpose of revising the Articles of Confederation, and reporting to Congress and to the several legislatures such alterations and provisions therein as shall, when agreed to in Congress, and confirmed by the several states, render the Federal Constitution adequate to the exigencies of the Union. End quote. The General Assembly of Connecticut designated the delegates of that state by name, and empowered them, in conference with the delegates of other states, quote, to discuss upon such alterations and provisions, agreeable to the general principles of republican government, as they shall think proper to render the federal constitution adequate to the exigencies of the government and the preservation of the Union, end quote, and, quote, to report such alterations and provisions as may be agreed to by a majority of the United States in Convention, to the Congress of the United States, and to the General Assembly of the State." The General Court of New Hampshire authorized and empowered the deputies of that State, in conference with those of other States, quote, to discuss and decide upon the most effectual means to remedy the defects of our Federal Union, and to procure and secure the enlarged purposes which it was intended to effect. End quote. Language almost identical with that of North Carolina, but like the other states in general, instructed them to report the result of their deliberations to Congress for the action of that body, and subsequent confirmation by the several states. The delegates from Maryland were appointed by the General Assembly of that state, and instructed, quote, to meet such deputies as may be appointed and authorized by any other of the United States, to assemble in convention at Philadelphia, for the purpose of revising the federal system, and to join with them in considering such alterations and further provisions, quote, etc., the remainder of their instructions being in the same words as those given to the Georgia delegates. The instructions given to the deputies of Delaware were substantially in accord with the others, being almost literally identical with those of Pennsylvania, but the following proviso was added, quote, So, always and provided, that such alterations or further provisions, or any of them, do not extend to that part of the fifth article of the Confederation of the said States, finally ratified on the first day of March, in the year 1781, which declares that, in determining questions in the United States in Congress assembled, each State shall have one vote. End quote. Rhode Island, as has already been mentioned, sent no delegates. From an examination and comparison of the enactments and instructions above quoted, we may derive certain conclusions, so obvious that they need only to be stated. 1. In the first place, it is clear that the delegates to the Convention of 1787 
represented not the people of the United States in mass, as has been most absurdly contended by some political writers, but the people of the several states as states, just as in the Congress of that period, Delaware, with her sixty thousand inhabitants, having entire equality with Pennsylvania, which had more than four hundred thousand, or Virginia, with her seven hundred and fifty thousand. 2. The object for which they were appointed was not to organize a new government, but, solely and expressly, to amend the federal constitution already existing, in other words, to revise the Articles of Confederation, and to suggest such alterations or additional provisions as should be deemed necessary to render them adequate to the exigencies of the Union. 3. It is evident that the term Federal Constitution, or its equivalent, Constitution of the Federal Government, was as freely and familiarly applied to the system of government established by the Articles of Confederation, undeniably a league or compact between states expressly retaining their sovereignty and independence, as to that amended system which was substituted for it by the Constitution that superseded those Articles. 4. The functions of the delegates to the Convention were, of course, only to devise, deliberate, and discuss. No validity could attach to any action taken, unless and until it should be afterward ratified by the several states. It is evident, also, that what was contemplated was the process provided in the Articles of Confederation for their own amendment. First, a recommendation by the Congress, and afterward, ratification by the legislatures of every state, before the amendment should be obligatory upon any. The departure from this condition, which actually occurred, will presently be noticed. End of Part 2, Chapter 1 of The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume 1A